What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the podcast, we are taking a break from the Family Dance Challenge to talk about A24's newest film, After Yang. Come on, Yang. What are you doing? Come, come on. What happened to Yang? I don't know. He shut down last night. He won't restart. Has this happened before? No. If we can't get Yang fixed, I'm not going to buy another sibling for Mika. Now, After Yang is the second feature film from director Koganada. Uh, After Yang is about a time in the near future where a family reckons with questions of love, connection, and loss after their AI helper unexpectedly breaks down. Uh, Warning, spoilers are ahead. We are going to be talking all out for After Yang. There's not a lot to spoil, but, you know, if you want to go into After Yang with a clear conscience, uh, do so. Come back to this pod once you've seen it and listen to our, our breakdown. We're going to be talking about some fun stuff because um, this movie starts out really, really, really fun and gets really, really, really sad. So it really um, does. It kicks off. So yeah, I had a blast. It's uh, it's some wild stuff. So yes, this is uh, is a great movie. Before we dive into this movie, we are an A24 podcast after all. And some news about A24 came out today. Um, It's very interesting and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, So we're going to talk about this very briefly. Now, A24 has secured a $225 million equity investment to fund its strategic growth plan. They plan to use the investment to expand production and distribution worldwide and develop high-quality initiatives beyond the screen. Now, this comes from a Deadline. This news came out uh, today as of recording. Uh, when the episode releases, it's, it's going to be a yesterday thing. Um, but with this $225 million equity investment... That means that A24 is potentially valued at $2.5 billion because I uh, sources say it's a $225 million investment for 10% ownership of A24, which means that we're valuing the company at $2.5 billion. Highest grossing film ever for A24. Like, let's just do, do a quick breakdown of this mm. is her- Hereditary. $81 million. That's it. That's all that's all it made in the whole wide goddamn world is what is $81 million. And that's our highest grossing film ever. So other than the A24 logo, other than the vibe check, what is it? What why are we doing this? What are we getting out of $225 million? Is A24 worth as much as people think it's worth? I mean, this is a weird conversation i think for us to have because we created this pod because like i don't know right. a24 stuff you know like i think they kind of have that um weight that, that gets carried it's like well if it's a24 i think it's at least worth checking out granted they do a lot of like lower uh budget stuff so that you know bringing in 81 million is still a huge profit we're not getting any superhero stuff but from some of the stuff i read today it's like I think a lot of this is they they might be focusing now more towards the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about Euphoria. We've done a few reviews on that, and it's like the most tweeted about show of all time, which may not be worth like two point five billion dollars, but <laughs> if you have something that's going to get that much recognition, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're the company behind it. You know, you're the studio behind it. So I, I like that they're doing this. 
the valuation is insane to me as much as I love a 24. <laughs> I mean, you just think like, what was it like a less than a decade ago? Lucas films was bought for $4 billion. Right. Right. So we're saying that a 24 <laughs> is worth over half of Lucas films. Like that's crazy. No. Like if any star Wars movie does 81 million, it's a failure, <laughs> you know, Dude, just star, Wars, star Wars would just cease to exist. If it did 81 million, they'd yeah, be like, no, like, oh, no we more. Gotta, we got to reboot. Like, I don't even know what the lowest one was. I'm sure it was probably solo, but I bet it still made over a hundred million dollars, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of crazy. So I'm, you know, as, a co-host of a pod who talks about A24. I'm very <laughs> excited for the future. I think that's going to be awesome. I am blown away at it being for less than 10% ownership, you know, be $2.5 billion. It's crazy, but you know, maybe this is the whole, like everyone's their brand and the A24 brand is strong. And I don't think we could deny that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it is an interesting topic and that's why I wanted to bring it up because we do, we, we talk about A24. We love A24, but I think it's also important to, uh, recognize, uh, you know, the the future of the studio and what we think is happening. We occasionally bring it up here on the pod of, you know, do we do we think this movie was a, a good thing to add to the library? Do we like where they're headed in the future? Um, I'm I'm with you. I think this valuation is is absolutely bananas. I can't imagine what they're going to do with 225 million dollars. Um, none of their movies cost like anything when it comes to how much movies cost. Mm. You could. They could make like, I don't know, 200 movies with $200 million. <laughs> like, they could make so many movies. I do like the fact that they are specific in terms of distribution worldwide and developing high quality initiatives beyond the screen. So, yeah, I think that's TV. But I'm also very curious, like what what does that mean? What is beyond the screen in terms of A24? Is it solely TV? Are you are you talking about other things? Um, are you know are you is your library growing big enough to get a streaming service in the next couple of years? I I don't know. I I think these are all very interesting things, and with all of that money, you could you could do a lot. So um, you know, I and here's hoping they make some really dope merch because their merch game is on fire. Let's just keep cranking out the merch with all this all this money. It really is without a doubt. And you know what, like. Let's get the A24 theme park going, man. I want to go hang out with Samar. Yeah. I want to be in that field. <laughs> I want I want a Tony Collette doll just hanging on the wall with the wire. Like, let's get crazy. Let's do A24 theme park. Yeah, let's go A24 uh, movies on the Oculus. That's what I want. I want Hereditary on the Oculus. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's where we should go for this. Uh, so let's talk about After Yang. Now, this movie came out uh, just last week on Friday. Colin Farrell is starring in this movie. Uh, as he is also starring in the Batman, which also came out on the same day, two exceptionally different roles, but like, look, you got to hand it to Colin Farrell for just like dominating the box office, I guess, in, in one film and like just following it up with another film and just being like, yeah, we're just going to drop two very, very different movies on the same exact day. Um, this movie is really fascinating and it's really, really deep. I just got done watching it, uh, like literally 15 minutes ago. I'm in my feels. So, Ben, I'm going to let you roll forward with your thought process here on After Yang and 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 give me some time to collect. All right. That sounds good. Uh, I man, I really enjoyed this film. I had a good time with it. I think um, the setting was so beautiful and original. Um, I, you know, as I was watching, it, I was like, oh, this is definitely like in the future. But everything seems so organic, like even the clothes people are wearing that just seem like, I don't know, you know, just like very plain, but comfortable and just like almost handmade and all that kind of stuff. I love it. It's not the future of like sleek 
chrome flying yeah. cars. This may be a flying car. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. This car was definitely a self-driving car, which was cool. But everything seemed, like, achievable. Like, it's a it's a realistic future for us. And I really enjoyed that about it. It did make me think specifically about the home in Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. You know how it is, like, everything is, like, it's clean, but it's also futuristic, but also not, like, super technological. Like, I just really enjoyed it. Um, this movie, I mean, man, there, I'm excited for us to talk about because I think there's just so many different ways to interpret this. I really enjoyed, you know, we, we get to hear all these different takes on the memories and stuff. And I thought that was really interesting because I, I, we don't always remember things accurately. You know, we may think we do. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, as we learn here, Yang is like able to record some stuff like a few seconds whenever uh, he wants. And, you know, we see some of the we see Colin Farrell like rewatching it. And I feel like it was like intercut with how he remembered the moment, but then yeah. got to see like literally what it was. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Cause I thought maybe my tone was different when I said something. And I, I, I like that a lot. And just kind of, you know, what what it means to be human, you know, what relationships are all about, like what makes a family. Like that that whole like thing. I mean, we'll probably talk about it in true cinema, but like when he's taking the little girl around the tree, the grove. And it's like explaining what grafting is and how that's just like just like adoption. I was like, oh man, this is really such a beautiful metaphor yeah. to explain this to a child of like you can be adopted, but you can still be part of the family. You know, just because you weren't here at the beginning doesn't mean you aren't here now. And I thought that was just like so beautiful. I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, and just you know, to speak to that with Yang, I don't think we've ever seen a robot on screen that had so much humanity, you know, and maybe again that's kind of what was taking me back to ex machina. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh, this is not a human that we're watching, but there's there's so much humanity behind it. Uh, so that's, I think, why I was drawing so many parallels. But I I really enjoyed it. It's a beautiful film. Soundtrack's great. Cinematography's great. This is just a, a strong weekend for Colin Farrell. Yeah, strong outing. I think this movie inevitably and naturally fits under the A24 umbrella. I think it's it's got that vibe, that aesthetic to it, of course. and. You're right. It's it's really a movie about what what does it mean to be human? How do we all process trauma and love and loss, hope and all of these different things that take place in life? And as I was watching this movie, I consistently was like having thoughts, right? Like, I feel like this would be such a great movie to do like a commentary episode on or like a watch party with, because the more you watch it, the more you understand and start to peel back the layers of the movie and i know that there were very specific parts where i was like oh wow like this is really you know uh colin farrell's story about how he's dealing with losing yang oh but but now it's the daughter's story about how we're dealing with it and and i feel like i had so many different processes of my thoughts like going through this film where i would love to just like do it on the fly because when you look at this movie in retrospect you're like wow it was really 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 deep and there's so much you could talk about where it feels almost uh, like overbearing to be mm-hmm. like, wow, well, I, you know, I, I thought this and this scene and this and the other. Um, I think you're right about the aesthetic. It feels so naturally human. And we know Yang is not a human. We know mm-hmm. that he is, he's an AI, he is like a robot, but we never really get the chance to form an attachment with Yang, right? Like right out of the gate he basically goes down like five mm-hmm. minutes into the movie. This is not about connecting with Yang and then losing Yang. 
This is just seeing how Yang's absence impacts everybody around him and not necessarily just his direct family, but those who knew him or who he knew. And I think as this movie goes on, you connect with Yang in a way that's like almost kind of scary. Like I was like, wow, I, I don't even know this character. And like, I'm, mm. I'm starting to tear up over the fact that he's talking about wanting to understand T. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like I can't, that is some seriously incredible writing. And I think this movie is getting tons of praise. It was really like the darling of Sundance this year. It was one of really one of two movies that came out and was like, this is the movie of Sundance. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody saw it. And I'm so stoked that it came out so shortly after Sundance. We all get a chance to to watch it now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think just the fact of like the way this movie moves, I think is really important too. And, there, and there's two aspects to that. One to me, and I don't think it's enough to warrant like a true cinema moment, but for me, there's a specific moment where towards the beginning, he Colin Farrell's taking hit, uh, leaving for work, and then the mom is taking the daughter, and we just like sit in the house for like mm. twenty seconds, probably mm-hmm. until someone else ends up showing up, and you're like, oh, what's happening? But, like we just sit there, we just like are there in the moment with this family, and that is all throughout the movie. And then we get this other really cool thing done with the cinematography and the aspect ratio. We get three different aspect ratios in this movie to convey three different ways of communication, really. Mm. And we get the full, like a full screen when it comes to Yang's memories and, and core. And then we get, um, you know, kind of a wide screen when it comes to the regular movie. And then we get this four, three aspect ratio when we're talking over like zoom calls or, you know, like non face to face. Right. Um, so I think that was really cool. And the fact of using Yang's memories, it was like a dream. It was mm-hmm. like the way we moved through his memories and they all overlapped and like just the, the, feeling of moving through life like that was so incredible and like so moving um let's talk about true cinema moments you want to go into true cinema yeah let's do it okay we'll 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 break down a few here and keep talking about the movie first we've got the family dance contest of course a24 did release this snippet online Mm -hmm. before the movie came out they wanted people to be jazzed for this movie um I had not seen that snippet because I was like, I want to go into after you and clean. Like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to know what's going on. Uh, huge fan. I was a big fan. Did you like this scene? Oh man, it blew me away. Like I was the same. <laughs> I went into it as blind as possible. And when it started out, like just the whole way it's done, like cutting between the other families and just like hearing this is like a thing that people do around the country. You know, it's like 3000 families out, like time for mm-hmm. level two. It's like, Oh, this is kind of a cool, like, competition that they're doing is everyone's dance moves like i i was so on board with this i loved it so much i thought it was a great intro too like to the movie kind of like almost like pulling the rug between us like you think you're getting this like hyped up like boom all right cool like we're dancing we're doing all this stuff and then you know it it ends and yang just like keeps going and that's like instantly we're like oh something's wrong here and then we just like get into the movie it's like oh that was fast yeah (laughs) I love that tonal shift too, because I think, I think what makes this movie so strong is that you do start out with a very energetic and a very lively intro scene like that. And you are really into it. And then you get such a steep tonal shift when it comes to Yang shutting down. And really this movie kind of meanders in ways that I wasn't anticipating. I don't know if you could kind of tell where we were going for the movie, but there were moments where it was like, Oh, we're kind of like, 
he's kind of doing like Colin Farrell's off Colin, kind of doing his own thing, trying to trying to figure out what's wrong with Yang and just like abandoning his family. But then like he comes back and he realizes that like that wasn't the right thing to do. And and all of these different aspects to it. Um, were you anticipating something like what after Yang ended up becoming or or did you have a different like idea in mind? No, I, I really had no clue at all. Like, I mean, just kind of going off that first teaser trailer, that was pretty much it. I assumed my thought, you know, was that he was going to get fixed. And then, you know, but maybe he's just like, oh, he's a little off. Like they used, you know, because Colin Farrell talks about like, oh, I did buy it from like the actual company. Like I bought it kind of secondhand, but it was certified. And so I just started thinking like, oh, so maybe something's going to go wrong when they fix him or whatever. Um, and then like we've talked about before, how you were like, it's a 24 or something freaky's going to happen at the end. <laughs> yeah. I was a little worried about that too. And then I saw that it's rated PG. It's like, okay, so no Word one's going to die, you know, but still <laughs> right. it's like, what's going to happen here? Something's, something's kind of off. So, uh, yeah. no, I, I was just going along for the ride, to be honest. There, there was a brief moment where I had that. I was like, okay, we're doing the pod after I watch this. We're going to talk about how a 24 just is a 24. Mm-hmm. And is there any any chance that everyone is a robot is there any chance that everybody's an ai is there any yeah. chance that this is all gang's memory is there any chance that like you know x y and z and um no after yang is very grounded it is very <laughs> yes, yeah. very straightforward it is exactly what you were watching uh and and i think that is also what makes this movie so wonderful and and not just in and of itself but like wonderful for the 24 library it is exactly what it is um we've got another scene uh taking the family picture so it it actually you know the first 30 seconds is them kind of taking this family picture Mm -hmm. and i added this one to the true cinema list here because we understand why yang was taking so long to set up this picture and everybody's like come on yang like don't miss the picture come on over he's like yeah hold on one second and it's because he was recording Mm -hmm. the, the memory and and that for him and we learn early on, you know, we we are on this discovery path with everybody in the movie of trying to understand um, what this what he considers a memory, what is enough for him to capture in his core uh, and understanding that specific scene of him choosing to capture that moment and that memory with his family and looking at something beautiful that he obviously um, pulled very, very high in his in his mind. I really, really liked that scene, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is really sad. Yeah, that that was one of the cooler parts of this whole movie. I think was them going back to look at the memories and just kind of seeing like what was important enough to Yang to film, like what moments meant the most to him. And I thought that was really cool. I you know a few years ago I did this thing where I. I took a video, like a one second video every day and like put together like a little real thing at the end. And, you know, some of them, like you're in the moment, you're like, oh, I really want to capture this. And some of them, it's like 1030 and I like, oh, shit, I got to <laughs> film something because I don't want to miss today, you know? <laughs> right, right. But it's so interesting because this like all of these moments for Yang were just things that meant the most to him. Um, and it was just so cool to see the family watch these memories and then like go with the family to what that memory was. Like I'm thinking... Mm specifically of the mom and just kind of like the the fossils or whatever it was you know and just like her going back to that moment with him i'm like oh that was really kind of cool so uh i i liked it it was definitely heartbreaking and brought about this whole like again like what is humanity like 
are they sentient? Like, what do they have feelings? It's like, yeah, I mean, we kind of learn that they do because otherwise, why would he film anything? You know, it just, it would, nothing would matter. And we got to see what did matter to him. Yeah. I, I adore that aspect of this film. And I, and I think that is what makes it so powerful. The fact that Yang is called a techno sapien. I don't think I've ever heard that before. No, techno, no. techno sapien is sick. Like mm-hmm. that is awesome. Um, and Colin Farrell's glasses, just a fucking vibe, honestly. So cool, man. I love so them. cool. And the color grading of this movie is great as well. Um, okay, next on the list is Jake explaining why he's passionate about tea. This very key kind of pivotal conversation that he has with Yang. Uh, really, I understood it as a metaphor talking about love and mm-hmm. and Yang trying to understand what love is. And and he can he knows love, but he doesn't know love. And the same thing with Colin Farrell. And, and he is always on this kind of adventure uh, in discovering what it could be. I, I loved how intimate this scene was. And, and like you were saying, we kind of get these intercuts of how he remembers it, but how it actually went. And it caught me off guard at first. I was like, wait, like, what is going on? And then I understood it better. It's like, ah, okay, like, yeah, memories are different to different people. Mm-hmm. And they represent different things. Um, Yang taking Mika through the grove tree, um, you said, in terms of like, you know, kind of this grafting of the, the limbs and talking about adoption. And that was really, really a great, great moment. Uh, I've got two more taking Yang back uh, from the guy fixing it. I put this one on the list because this is kind of the moment to me. Colin Farrell realizes I do not owe you an explanation. Like I am able to keep what I want to keep as private. Um, so let's let's take this moment to talk about kind of these overtones of privacy and corporate, like corporatism and all of these yeah. things. Um, was it too much for you? Was it subtle enough? Like how did you feel regarding this this idea and these tones and themes? Um I, I, I it wasn't like subtle by any means, but I think I've subscribed to the fact, you know, people talk about like, oh they're tracking you, they're doing all this and like Dude, they probably know a lot more than we already <laughs> think they know. Like, I've just kind of subscribed to, like, whatever, whatever's going to yeah. happen is going to happen. I don't know, <laughs> like, how off the grid you'd have to go to like, get away from this. So that was my thought, honestly, when the guy's like, oh, he's filming, yeah. like, they're filming everything. They're seeing what's going on. It's like, yeah, they, they've probably been filming stuff for a while, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. So uh, I definitely understood it. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to hear if they're still having the same, like, discussions then about you know kind of big brother and then like filming everything um but yeah i mean it definitely wasn't subtle by any means but it didn't necessarily feel strange like yeah that definitely makes sense i think it's subtle enough to to not be in your face really uh even even though you know it, it speaks pretty loudly initially when you see it the first time he takes yang in to like get a diagnostic at at the like the official store and they say, yeah, that's going to be 250 bucks for a diagnostics like that in and of itself is just its entire um, micro conversation of what is the price of love mm-hmm. and memories and and history and like how corporatization sells that out and how much you can manage to to pay for that kind of stuff. Like, how yeah. do you justify that to yourself? And then, you know, also determining what memories we keep to ourselves after someone is gone? What do we share? How intimate do we want to be with this person that is no longer here? And how public do we want to, you know, make that information at some point in time? I think they're all very like deep 
deep, deep thoughts that this movie gives us. Um, the very last true cinema moment is the montage of Yang's uh, alpha memories. Again, like dreamlike state. Uh, I loved it. What are you picking for your moment? Um, yeah, I've, I've got to go. As much as I talked about, um, I really enjoy Yang taking Mika through the trees and explaining like the adoption and grafting thing. Uh, I'm with you that Jake explaining why he's passionate about tea to Yang was the moment that really like that's when I was hooked. I think, you know, like I, the dancing was great and I was in it, but that was like the most sincere and just like kind of tender moment. I think that we get in the movie and it was just so cool because like you said, it's about, it's about love, you know, and how do you explain love to a robot? You know, it's just like, and that's kind of what Colin Farrell was talking about when like, how do you describe tea, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of gives us example. And so that for me was just like the best moment of the entire movie understanding that you know the the conversation that they have and how he says you know I, there is no language there is no words to talk about this there is no way to describe this and and when they both drink the tea and he says you know i don't taste the forest or whatever he ends up saying yeah love is different for every single person and and it's different on different levels and like it's just such an all-encompassing thought process um that's definitely the scene for me as well like that's the big rope in of like this is a very deep movie and we were talking about very very important things mm-hmm. um yes yeah, it's, it's really really good okay let's move on to our a1 acts we've got two a1 acts here we've talked about colin farrell before on the pod doing the lobster uh and so we're just going to talk about a couple random ones we're going to go with babysitting movies because mm-hmm. after all yang is basically brought into kind of babysit Mika and and explain to Mika her her Chinese heritage. So I've got Adventures in Babysitting, Uncle Buck, Mrs. Doubtfire, Look Who's Talking, Mary Poppins, The Sound of Music, Nanny McPhee, The Pacifier, The Sitter, Three Men and a Baby, The Babysitter's Club, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. All very good options then. I love Tons it. of <laughs> options here. Uh, but I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. If there's ever a John Candy option in the A1 act I'm taking. <laughs> gotta go. I've got to go with Uncle Buck here. Uh, that's just like one of my favorites of all time. So that's, that's definitely what I'm going with. I, yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I really um, like, uh, I, I feel like I'm thinking about a movie and I don't have like the time to, to search it and look it up right now, but I, I think it's called Baby's Day Out. Do you know this movie? I think so. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, so Baby's Day Out is essentially where He's trying to be babysat um, or this baby is supposed to be being babysat, but ends up like getting kidnapped kind of a thing. So yeah, that's my that's yeah. my off list pick. Uh, cool. But like Ms. Mrs. Doubtfire is great, obviously. Yeah, go. got to Mary got Poppins it. is a classic. It's a classic. Yeah, lots of good ones in there. OK, our final A1 act. We're going with dance scenes in non-musical movies um, because we have a very iconic dance scene in this and. Leave it to 824 to keep giving us really good dance. <laughs> give us scenes, some man. more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta gotta always give us something good. So we've got the family dance contest in this movie. We have uh Jackrabbit Slims in Pulp Fiction, the opening credits in Do the Right Thing, the detention dance in The Breakfast Club, um, King Oscar Isaac, of course, in Ex Machina, the dream sequence in The Big Lebowski, putting on the Rets in Young Frankenstein, Beauty Pageant in Little Miss Sunshine. The reunion dance in Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. You make my dreams in 500 Days of Summer. That's, that's a good good pick here. Uh, old time rock and roll in Risky Business. Thriller in 13 Going on 30 and Canned Heat in Napoleon Dynamite. 
Dude, there's some heaters here. There's some wow. really good stuff. Some good stuff. I probably, maybe I should have shortened this list, but I was like, I <laughs> no. was like looking at all these. I'm like, man, all these are so good. Like, I don't Has know what to do here. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's the most iconic, like, Canned Heat is like my heart pick. Like, I love that so much. Like, it's it it's just exactly what Napoleon Dynamite needed, that whole dance. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I have to go with Jackrabbit Slims here and Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like one of the most iconic dance sequences of all time. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm with you on that. I think in terms of like iconic, you can't leave out old time rock and roll in Risky Business. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows that. And that's kind of like the thing. But I'm going, dude, I'm going with with our king. I'm going with Oscar Isaac in Ex Machina. I mean, Look, another A24 project. And that get that gift, that meme, that video clip, it circulates all the effing time. People so are just good. on it all the time, dude. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. You know? <laughs> it really is. Um, it's it's really, really good stuff. Uh, Ex Machina, what a great movie. Uh, let's do our A24 ranking. Before we get out of here, we've got our first cow, which would be our top tier, our good time, which is a mid-level movie, and The Farewell, which is a bottom tier flick. Uh, I'm very curious to know, Ben, where are you falling? Where are you giving it? That dance sequence is a first cow, without a doubt. Like, if we're just pulling clips from movies, that's a first cow. Overall, I had a a really good time with this movie, though. I would put that, like, on a high high end of the good time. I'd recommend it to people. I think it's beautiful. I think it's very interesting. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't quite make my first cow. That's good. I can respect that for sure. Yeah, I think that dance sequence, especially when it kind of goes into the flashing lights at the very end of it, mm-hmm. uh, but right before they get eliminated, I was like, wow, this is really, we're getting really intense <laughs> and we're doing it. Um, uh, see, this is tough. I did not think about this before we started recording. So I'm just, Ooh, I'm just nice. going straight out of the gut here. Now here is the quandary that I face. And I'm curious to know from you as well. So this movie, tons of good reviews at Sundance. Roger Ebert gives it four stars. People are just just talking about it left and right, saying how good it is. You obviously gave it a good time. Now, knowing these reviews, does that make you feel like, oh, I sh- I, it should be a first cow or like I should like it more than I like it? Like, where do you stand on that? Because I'm trying to vamp. I'm trying to go through this and figure it out. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I feel like you and I had this conversation recently with the Batman because I feel yes, like <laughs> those are all the reviews that I was seeing all weekend. I was like, it's five stars. It's the best thing since the Dark Knight, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And then I left like, I don't know. I had a good time. It was fine. <laughs> you know? So uh, I do, you know, that those things can tend to influence me, at least like going into it. It's like, OK, explain to me why everyone is saying this. I want to find that out. So I definitely understand that part of it. but. I do my best, you know, when when the movie's done, I'm thinking about it for myself. Like, okay, what did I really feel about this Mm -hmm. movie? And that's why it it fell for a good time. Like I said, I'd recommend it to anybody. I think everybody could enjoy it. Um, it, It's not something that I will never rewatch, but it's not the first A24 that Mm -hmm. I'll rewatch. As I think about it, I'm going to go with the first cow. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the stamp on there because of a very specific reason. This is the type of movie, at least for me, that the more you think about it, the better it gets. And I always try to use that as a barometer to movies. So mm-hmm. Euphoria, I feel like I've mentioned it on the pod before. Uh, if not, I've just told my wife about it several, several, several times. <laughs> but the more, I, the more I think about the final few episodes of Euphoria, the less I like them. The more kind of uh, upset that I get that things went the way, the way that they went. Now, after this movie, 
I was like, wow, that, that was very powerful. That was very good. And even now in the last hour that I've been thinking about it, talking about it, I'm like, wow, it is actually really, really good. Like it really does mean a lot, hold a lot of weight. So I'm going with the first cow because I, I think it'll age well. It's my kind of movie. And, you know, I just, I love a slow, intimate movie about life and love and humans. So yeah. what, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, this is, <laughs> this will be a good rewatch. I feel like this is something you put on. It's very calm. Mm -hmm. uh, again, cinematography, everything's wonderful. This was a, a great companion piece for this double feature of Colin Farrell this weekend. So I think overall to recommend from us, yeah. uh, we would love to know what you guys think about after Yang. Is this the best A24 Colin Farrell movie so far? I mean, there's a few to choose from. Ooh. So that'd be kind of interesting. I think we have a couple more that we still got to cover. So yep. uh, let us know what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of A24. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simmy. Spring break forever, bitches. Bye.